3: a dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, today, hump day, under the tutelage of our general manager. Ron DeSanctimonious? No! Ron
0: DeSanctified. What? They're both sickening. What? Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, candidate for the presidency.
3: Right. <sighs> That gets to be to my favorite stupid story today, we'll have to talk about. There are so many to choose from. <laughs> there are. Boy, there oh, really boy. are. <laughs> Good gosh. Hey, crank up the music, Michael. I need this jazzy tune to get me going, get my blood pumping. I'm drinking my coffee. Thinking about life. Huh? Here we go. Big finish. Yeah. Zitzoo. So uh, this isn't really a presidential election comment. It's a media comment, because I don't want to be accused of talking about the presidential election too much by my own conscience. Mm. Because it is freaking May of the year before the election. Wow. Speaking for the listeners, you've turned over a new leaf. Glad to hear it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Anyway, this is the media coverage of DeSantis. So DeSantis, who everybody knew was running, is officially mm-hmm. announcing today. The fact that we even do this whole dog and pony show is really kind of hilarious. The people that you know are running, they announce they're going to announce, and then they announce, and it just you know, and it uh, whatever. Anyway, they have their uh, first rally and blah blah blah. Right, right. Then the first rally, which is a completely different thing uh he's going to officially announce on twitter with elon musk on spaces which nobody's ever heard of so i guess elon's gonna have a whole bunch of people figure out what spaces is and try to find it on their twitter it's some sort of live forum you can go to
0: i had no idea i've been on twitter for how many years (laughs)
3: well it might be a new thing that elon came up with i don't know but anyway um the the pearl clutching freakout by all of the media that is not Fox um, over the fact that DeSantis is announcing on Twitter is hilarious. Oh yeah! Oh my God! I was going through some of the commentary yesterday, last night on cable news and on Twitter. Here's uh, the 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 person who follows presidential politics for Politico. Politico, one of the biggest news organizations following politics in America. Even if Musk stops short of a full endorsement of DeSantis, because obviously if you interview him on your platform, that is somehow troubling on its own. What? I don't even understand what that means. So when Chuck Todd interviews. It's stupid at the
0: outset. Go ahead. If
3: Chuck Todd interviews a, a young Barack Obama, that's awful close to an endorsement. Or it's just somebody in the journalism business like Elon Musk's owns one of the biggest platforms in the world um, interviewing a candidate, whatever the hell. Even if Elon Musk stops short of a full endorsement of DeSantis, aligning with his presidential announcement puts him and the company more squarely into a presidential election than any other tech company before it. Hilarious. Throw back my head with laughter. Hilarious. Luckily, some other uh, more industrious people came up with all the screen captures from Facebook and Twitter in the past. Facebook aligning itself with Barack Obama when they were both young and new and, and b- working hand-in-hand hand, getting him elected. Hillary Clinton and Facebook. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And the idea that these cable news companies don't work hand-in-hand hand with Democratic candidates. Come on, are you serious? And they seem to be serious. They seem to seriously think that DeSantis announcing on Twitter is wholly different than any Obama uh, uh, FaceTime chat or anything like that. Not to Facebook, mention the, I'm sorry. the
0: legacy media or wholly owned subsidiaries right. of the Democratic Party as well. So Right.
3: It's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. This That's is
0: amazing. dangerous and scary. Well, we clearly have now left the trans transitional period, and we're fully into the post-truth world. So, hey, walk into work today and declare you'd been appointed the CEO and fire everybody or give them raises or whatever. Claim anything you want. Walk into the grocery store. big, Grab a big roast and say, these are on sale for
3: $2. Here, here's $2, and then walk out of the store. You can now say anything. Well, you know, my question is always: Do these people believe it or not? These things are saying. The thing that troubles me is I think they actually believe it. That's what bothers me. They see a, a Supreme Court that leans right, unique in modern American history. When the oh, Supreme it's Court lost had, its legitimacy, yes, right. When it had been uh, all lefties making lefty decisions my whole lifetime. But that was a neutral Supreme Court. And the same thing with this. All yeah. news organizations are neutral except for Twitter and Fox. Those are out of control and, and partisan. The, I think they actually believe it. That's what bothers me.
0: Yeah, I got a uh, news alert via email from uh, The Atlantic where one of their scribblers had uh, posted an article entitled, Twitter is now a far right uh, platform or whatever. I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? It, I just think some of these people who have intelligence but no wisdom, no perspective because they exist entirely in their little bubbles, they're the very sort of people who would say, I don't know anybody who votes Republican proudly. But they're so shocked to see a point of view that differs from their own. They, they react to it as if it's uh, from Mars, as if it's unprecedented. It's bizarre. It's obviously a fringe opinion.
3: I was watching some cable news this morning and one of the hosts on MSNBC Ron DeSantis is announcing on Twitter, which is very on brand for DeSantis. We'll be talking about that coming up. Just just scary. The coming together of, of that media organization and a candidate. Good Lord.
0: You you know what's interesting is this is a strategy that you'll see over and over again once you, you kind of learn to recognize it, and that is the dragging everything way left, then calling any effort to return it to some level of sanity. Uh, fascism or extremism or racism or what have you for instance if they start uh, introducing pornography into your kids school and uh, and and teaching them that uh, boys can be girls and girls can be boys and gender is fluid and the rest of it and you say whoa 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 can we go back to what we were teaching them like two years ago you are a censor you are an extreme right-winger etc etc and this is the same thing Twitter is now no longer an active voice of the left, so they screech, uh, you know, in panic that it's become an organ of the far right. It's ridiculous. And
3: by the way, Twitter was so crazy left before uh, Elon Musk took over. Can you imagine what the coverage would be like if, uh, you know, a uh, Hillary Clinton or some uh, who would be a good person to pick? I don't know who. Ber- Bernie Sanders announced on Twitter. When, when Jack Dorsey was running it, it would be seen as a modern, cutting edge, brilliant, understanding the new voter move that blah, blah, blah.
0: 100% right. Yep. (laughs) Just, it's (laughs) hilarious. Sanders embraces new media, understands where his voters live. Bernard Sanders.
3: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, God. Ah, it's so but tiring. The, these
0: are the same people who called a bill that said, hey, don't teach seven year olds about gender identity. They, they have no comprehension of this stuff. They call that the don't say gay bill. So you look to them for fairness. You're, you're looking for gold in a diamond mine to quote the great Elton John. Uh, <laughs> I it mentioned silver. During- mine probably silver mine anyway. And that was Bernie um,
3: Taupin. Anyway, back to you. I mentioned during the pre-show meeting. We actually have a meeting before we start this, and it yeah, still good. ends up like this. Um, uh, I mentioned that in the pre show meeting that is extra cynical today. One of it, we'll play, we'll play it later. ABC News did a sixth month investigation on recycling and found out, and this is shocking. In fact, David <laughs> Muir, David Muir even said on ABC News last night, this is going to be very disturbing, I know, to many of our viewers. When you take those recycling bags, like the plastic bags back to the grocery store and put them I'm in the recycle already bin, giggling. 90, over 90% of them don't end up recycled.
1: Oh, my God.
3: So, <laughs> practically all of them just yep. end up in the landfill or the burnt. rest of us have known this for years. Oh, right. <laughs> and it's true with most other recycling, not just the little plastic bags from the grocery store. Sure. Uh, <laughs> How hilarious is that again i'm laughing i'm just laughing i can't stop laughing about the treatment of desantis and twitter and the fact that you take the time to return those plastic bags to the grocery store you save them you put them somewhere then you take them there and you put them in a recycle bin because you're a good human being and you pray to mother system. you pray to mother earth on your way to the recycling center haven't you done enough reading or watched enough youtube videos to know that the whole recycling thing is almost entirely fanciful i'm sorry i just didn't
0: know uh, listen whether you're in a lefty bubble which is like the entire media or a right-wing bubble get out of your bubble you know why because it makes you look like
3: a dumbass you need more perspective if you really want to understand what's going on really nine percent of those bags actually get recycled (sighs) that's hilarious uh, let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, May the 24th. We're running out of May here, people. The year 2023, taking up arms against the Sea of Troubles. We are Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. <laughs> it's probably worth
0: mentioning as well that, uh, I, and I wish I still had it around, but that, that study that said we have landfill space like for 50,000 years. Oh, of yeah, of the current one. population or even growth. We've got more landfill space than we can use, in spite of what you may have been told, you know, on Vox.com. Anyway, let's begin officially now. According to FCC rules regs, here we go at Mark. But is it worth the fight?
2: Do I have the courage?
3: Is it worth the sacrifice?
2: America has been worth it. Every. Single.
3: Time. Less dramatic. From the new DeSantis video or Avengers movie. I'm not sure which. I'm glad I didn't watch that in my family room with the subwoofer on and would have shaken the uh, flower face right (laughs) off the table. Uh, I feel like that's too dramatic. But anyway, we'll play more from the new DeSantis video that came out today. I have a feeling they focus grouped it, but more on that. Mailbag's fantastic, so let's get to to that. Text line is 415-295-KFTC.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: at purdueglobal.edu.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: I got to get the right amount of coffee or bourbon or something going on. I'm really a cynical gentleman today. I need to I'm a nihilist. I've become a nihilist. Just, I don't know what happened. I know you used
0: to know your way around an Irish coffee. Sounds like what you're describing. (laughs) A little whipped cream.
3: Hmm. Hmm. I was never really a morning morning drinker, though. No, me neither. Makes me feel terrible. Some people can do that. I I never could. Yeah.
0: Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Adam Smith. The great Adam Smith. The grand pappy of all economists, particularly the sane ones. Mercy to the guilty is cruelty to the innocent.
3: Ooh, now that's a good
0: saying. That can applies to a lot of things. You know, it takes uh, serious cojones to, uh, to edit Adam Smith. I might edit it, though, as mercy to the guilty is cruelty to the citizens or cruelty to their
3: future victims. Or maybe, uh, yeah, cruelty to the blameless. Yeah, um,
0: because any cop, any prosecutor, any judge will tell you they spend 90% of their time babysitting 3% of the population. Moving along to mailbag. You can drop us a note, mailbag at com. <clears throat> the problem with Tim Scott, guys, is that he's single, writes Ben in Portland. I mean, like, who's going to decorate the White House for the holidays and push for redoing health care if we don't have a first lady? The first roommate? Get it, because he's probably a closeted gay feller. Wait, what? The last time we had a bachelor, we got a civil war. Hmm, the danger is real. Tim Scott equals James Buchanan. The last, the last time we had a bachelor, we had a civil war. <laughs> Hilarious. This is one of the more unhinged emails we've received lately. Obviously, I'm kidding. He seems great, and I haven't re- voted Republican since I held my nose for Romney. That's Ben in Portland. Interesting. Then he uh, sings the praises of the fabulous Katie Green. Uh, moving along. Hey, big freedom and simple Jack. Thought I'd pick up where you guys left off and complete the list of names for each day of the week, inspired by, of course, the Sunday Scaries story. Da-la-la. Sunday Scaries, minimum Monday. Then Taco Tuesday, you brought it up on the show multi. No, no. I, listen, I got to step in here since I'm a professional. This is from the fabulous Kevin in Placerville, California. I got to step in, though. Uh, Tuesday is obviously obviously blues day because everybody says it's the hardest day of the week. Tuesday it doesn't is? even have that Monday shot of adrenaline. Tuesday's like, all right, now we're into it, but the weekend's a long way away.
3: Yeah. Tuesday's rough.
0: Then Wednesday's hump day. Thursday's little Friday. Then you got Fry-yay. And then Saturday's fight night, since you guys have discussed being Elton John fans as everyone should be, Saturday night's all right for fighting.
3: Got a handful of grease in my hair.
0: Damn right. Also, you guys are 100% right. The story about the Sunday Scaries is specifically aired on the nightly news so that elderly viewers can feel a sense of superiority over the younger generation, which as a millennial myself, I will admit, is richly deserved. Anyway, (laughs) Owen, (laughs) too. Oh, that's fantastic. And and then as if that email wasn't great enough, he throws in a P.S. He points out that the Pope weighed in on the dog mom controversy. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What the Pope said about dog moms coming up. Stay with us. Uh, also on the Sunday Scaries, uh, greetings, gentlemen. I just don't get these kids with their sudden discovery of angst and dreading work on Sunday. Do they think they just fell out of a coconut tree? Hey now. Everything is in context. My mother used to, she would give us a hard time sometimes, and she would say to us, I don't know what's wrong with you young people. You think you just fell out of a coconut tree? <laughs> you exist in the context of all in which you live and what came before you. That's right. Wow. Every time it amazes. It's like going to the Grand Canyon. You can't get cynical. She's astounding. He signs off, K-C-U-W-S-N-F-E-H-E. Keep coming up with stupid names for everyday human experiences. Thanks, well, right. Rick, Ricky the Bricky.
3: <laughs> somehow we need to reconvince a generation of people that work is not supposed to be pleasant. I mean, it's awesome if it can be, if you mm. end up with a job you like. But like most of history, work is not pleasant. It's it's You get paid for it because you don't want to do it.
0: It's what's necessary to feed yourself, period. And sometimes it can be fun or you work with nice people. Uh, Here is a note from uh, Amber. Uh, She was she cracked up. She's reading a novel set in World War II Seattle from the perspective of a second generation Chinese immigrant. And one of the chapters opens with the immigrant talking about how on Sundays he dreads going back to work. Yeah. yeah. Everybody does. Everybody.
3: (laughs) not unique to you. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. So many things to talk about. Stay here.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: at Purdue edu,
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Don't pass the bill. The Senate doesn't pass the bill. There's not some catastrophic date of June 1. You're already hearing rumblings that it might be July 1. Uh, there's not going to be some catastrophic, oh, we've hit the limit. Look what's happened. I mean, markets will get jittery. Markets go up and down based on the expectation of whether or not markets are going to go up and go down. So there's there's not some big catastrophe to fear.
3: Right, Sarah, boo, there's, boo, you're terrible at getting clicks. Some some Republicans saying uh, the, the debt ceiling thing is not the disaster we all think so got a little of the polling on that. But after that, we'll get to the serious topic of QR code menus, which are destroying America we'll have to <laughs> talk about that coming up. Dinner Destroying the American imagine. eating experience. QR code menus. Stay tuned. Um, so a polling came out on this whole debt ceiling thing. So y'all understand this. I assume. Uh The Secretary of the Treasury claims that June 1st we run out of money and are going to have to start making tough decisions on June 1st. Now there's been some, well, we're going to default on our debt. First time ever, the full faith and credit of the United States, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, the pushback on that, and we read from the Wall Street Journal piece yesterday, the pushback on that from a bunch of people recently has been, no, no, there's no reason to not pay our debt, the interest on our debt. I mean, that would be obviously horrifying. That would be like not making your mortgage payment when you can cut all kinds of other things. So that would just be done. So so this is one of those examples where uh, I often say when you... when you exaggerate, you, you do yourself more harm than good because then I don't believe the other stuff you say. It's not good to go past that line and have to start moving money around and that sort of stuff. And it puts us in a bind and all that sort of thing. And it shows we don't have our act together. It's not good. But if you're going to claim that we're going to default on our debt on June 1st, that's just false. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is a flat-out lie, and everyone knows it. <laughs> um We need a special get- red... We need a special <laughs> big red button for that clip, Michael. Wherever well, Everyone you put knows the, <laughs> it. Wherever you put the Mount Rushmore of clips, that one belongs on there. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. But, but Janet Yellen knows better than anybody in America that that is just a flat-out lie.
0: And when they that, get tired of selling that lie, they go to, well, we won't be able to pay our soldiers or our seniors their right. Social Security checks. Yeah, how about the millions of federal employees who sit around pushing paper all day. How about you tell them, yeah, your check's going to be two days late this time? No, you got to go right to the soldiers and the dying old people. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't pay interest on your debt. So, yeah, you look default at on we, your debt and re- we, destroy the world economy. It's the only <laughs> option.
3: <laughs> it, I would think that we they would learn at some point that that doesn't work, whether it's Dr. Fauci exaggerating because he didn't think we could handle the real story. I represent science. Or Yellen saying we're going to falter. Death, death. Quit, quit lying. Just lay out what's actually going to happen and let your voters decide from there. It's just so freaking annoying. But anyway, uh, that's a flat-out lie. And a poll came out yesterday from CNN... 60% overall, and we'll break it down by party, but 60% overall say debt ceiling increase should come with spending cuts. So the fact that a majority of Americans, pretty solid mm-hmm. majority, says spending cuts should come with it, that's good news. Well, if you are if you think like we think. Um, because that's going to put pressure on the president to do that. I would hope so. Um, 80% of Republicans... And almost 60% of independents say the limit should only be raised, only be raised if spending cuts are enacted at the same time. I'm sorry, Democrats what percentage are, of independents? About 60%.
0: Okay.
3: 80% of Republicans. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for Democrats, it's split about 50-50. It's actually 46-45. And then you got the... Wow. wow. You got the few no opinion. Of, I, I don't know. No, seriously. I'm not tell should you. we
0: cut any any spending?
3: I, I don't No opinion. <laughs> Democrats are split between supporting a debt ceiling increase no matter what and raising it only alongside spending cuts. So even among Democrats, it's a 50-50 issue.
0: That's striking.
3: That is striking. I think that's, that's a new era, might be, where people have finally realized it's out of control. If in this polarized time... 50% of Democrats say it should come with spending cuts. Notice there it doesn't mention and tax increases or anything like that or making the rich pay their fair share. It just says spending cuts need to come with raising the debt ceiling. I'm going to make a strong
0: statement using mild words. (sighs) Take from it what you want. I'm trying to prepare myself. If the Republican... Are you ready?
3: I, I think I am.
0: Okay. If the Republicans can avoid coming off as crazy... (laughs) They ought to sweep election after election. Of course, then they'll govern badly and lose again, as they usually do. But, I mean, for instance, and I hate to get off on abortion briefly. North Carolina just passed a law that says uh, no abortions after 14 weeks, which is more than three months. It's a little past the first Trimester, although pregnancy's forty weeks, isn't it? So anyway, it's it's about at the end of the first trimester, with exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother, and you know, severely uh, deformed fetuses, that sort of thing. Very, very, very reasonable, and and way in right in the middle of the mainstream of Americans thinking about abortion when it's very early in the pregnancy. A woman probably ought to have the right to end uh, the pregnancy, according to maybe not you, but to a hell of a lot of Americans, and that that matters. South Carolina, meanwhile, right across the border, passed a law that bans abortion after six weeks with practically no exceptions. I haven't read the law, but six weeks is way too early, says the vast bulk of American voters. Now, if you believe differently for religious or other reasons, I totally respect that. That's fine. We can disagree. But here's the problem. If you persist in those like six-week abortion bans, you will lose every damned election, except in some very narrow pockets of the country. And you will not get any abortion ban. And you will get nothing on reforming uh, social services and the safety net. You will get crappy judges. You will get nothing if you uncomfortably, perhaps, (laughs) can't recognize, all right, this is where the mass of the voters are. We need to compromise on this one. Otherwise, we get nothing. That's the S- awesome. Republican Party can avoid being crazy. They'll win
3: all sorts of elections. That's because exactly, the left is so
0: far left. Sorry. That's
3: exactly what Trump said the other day. And he's absolutely right. Politically, we'll never win elections with that. No exceptions, you know, or er, that early in the pregnancy thing. We just won't ever win. He's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so I think this is really good news uh, that. A solid majority of Americans, including half of Democrats, say spending cuts have to go along with the debt ceiling, raising the debt thing So that's cool. More on that later in some people's opinions. I wanted to hit this real fast. Um, I, I hate the QR code thing for menus. It just the fa- they don't bring you a menu. The QR codes right there. I gotta bring out. So we're encouraging people to bring out their phones now at restaurants. That's fantastic. Right. So we all decided that it was horrible that everybody's staring at their phones at restaurants. But now we're in- encouraging to make sure you bring. I don't even bring my phone into the restaurant. I don't want to bring it in at all. Right. But now you have to bring it in. So let's see what you can order. And everybody has their phone out. Horrible idea. Plus the print's so tiny. It's hard well, to turn right. the pages. You're, you're
0: looking at a five page menu that's the size of a coffee table now compressed onto your little smartphone. Oh, great. Super.
3: It's really annoying. Why are they doing it? I feel like it's an, uh, a, um, uh, a data harvesting thing. They just want you to get you get into your phone. So you're Ding. on the website. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's going on there. But anyway, somebody pointed out and I wish this is where we would get that they've got it backwards in terms of making customers happy. M- majority of restaurants, they have the QR code on the menu. I mean, they have the Q- you to you have to use your phone for the menu, which nobody likes. Then you have to pay with the old-timey paper bill? No, reverse it. <laughs> Give me a paper or plastic menu, let me pay on my phone so I can wow. get the hell out of there. I agree completely. Yeah.
0: Got to wait for some poor person to schlep back and forth to the little room next to the kitchen where they got the credit card machines. Ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I hate the menu QR code thing. Hate always ask for a real menu, but then they have to leave and come back again. And, you know, that whole thing. But because I go to a lot of like Applebee's and Red Robins and places like that with the kids, all those places you can pay at the table. That's freaking awesome. Mm. I press two buttons, hold my watch up to it, ding. We've paid. I'm out the door. Oh, it's fantastic.
0: Well, yeah, because I only patronize restaurants with names like Taste or Beneath or Fig. <laughs> one one word restaurants. We don't. We don't have. They don't even have a sign out front. You need to know where it is. Exactly. Yes, we have to pay the old fashioned way. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the, the waiter bars- has a PhD in uh, medieval literature. So. And you They're pay gold bars. speak with anyway. And gold bars. If you have gold bars, Bitcoin, <laughs> Ethereum, <laughs> rare collectibles. <laughs> right. Can right. I offer you this Civil War era stuffed badger for my steak dinner? <laughs> I'll have our appraiser come to your table, sir. Yes, you don't dine at restaurants like I do. Anyway, join me in fighting against <laughs> QR code menus. Yeah, I hate it. Hate, hate, hate it. So perhaps we'll break semi on time for once in our lives and get to the fact that, yes, the folks who are furnishing Target with their up with transgender uh, uh, clothing that's displayed so prominently these days, they're one of the leading purveyors of Satanist products as well. That's gotten people's attention. Yes, (laughs) Satanist products. Believe it or not, there's a Dylan Mulvaney update, which is just freaking unbelievable. Much more to come.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: at least so far that people take seriously is knocking Trump off and getting the nomination is Ron DeSantis. He announces tonight 6 Eastern on Twitter, which is an interesting move, Twitter Spaces, which nobody's ever heard of. And um uh, we'll talk about that in hour 2. Yeah, I just tried to go onto
0: Twitter Spaces and I just got the little circle going around and around. So maybe you have to choose one
3: or so I don't know. Wait, yeah. a- hey, Elon, make sure it works. <laughs> Check into that. Wait till 50 million people are trying to log on at the same time this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So uh, from the bizarre, radical, queer
0: theory department that the teeniest percentage of Americans actually believes, it's a cult, essentially, uh, Target is in hot water again over its gay pride collection, which we have been uh, discussing the fact that. Their uh, their gay queer trans whatever slogan clothing is displayed right at the entrance to yeah, show how saw proud myself. they are to be part of Pride Month.
3: I thought that was an exaggeration or something until I walked in my local Target in a well in a particular town where that is probably not the general feeling of the patrons. And yeah, it was right inside the front door, and they're also under the microscope over their tuck friendly swimsuits that are they've got a, advertised. They've got a, They've got a bullseye on their back. I think that's good, right? The, the Target Corporation has a bullseye on their back. What do you think? That's, well, yeah, that's, it's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, der, Anyway, so the maker of this tuck friendly swimsuit, which is a women's swimsuit that is made to more easily tuck away your male genitalia. Cause you want to wear a girl's swimsuit cause you have issues. Uh, Anyway, it turns out that the uh, designer of those swimsuits is also an outspoken Satanist whose brand features occult imagery and messages like Satan respects pronouns on brand apparel. And people are
3: outraged about this. Um, I don't believe you're actually a Satanist, but I do believe you've got a real need to be controversial and poke people. That's what I would guess. This company Ab Prelin also sells
0: merchandise with aggressive messaging, attacking critics, pins with the phrases heteronormativity is a plague and burn down the system C I S Tem are wow. featured on the website along with one that says homophobe headrest with an image of a guillotine. Awesome. So you know, I just happen to be reading about this whole thing. And you're right, Jack. These people don't believe there is a Satan. They don't believe there is a God. It's, it's, they're just rejecting religion allegedly. And here's the hilarious part. In the name of rationality and science. But there's nothing less scientist, scientific than this whole queer theory thing. There's no data to support it whatsoever. There's no science behind it at all. It's just a bunch of tr- troubled people who want to signal their support for LGBT plus people. Uh, blah, 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 and they call themselves Satanists. It's really just kind of silly. Um, but if you don't want to uh, shop at a store that promotes, A, transgender for adolescence, and, and B, Satanism, I don't blame you. Do whatever you want. Uh, so anyway, that's that. And then this. This is shocking from the California Globe. Lionsgate Films, big, big movie company. They have the film version of the Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Uh, that's
3: a Judy Bloom book, right? Uh, yeah, it's an absolute classic of yeah, girls. Uh, so I've known many women who thought it was hugely important to their development.
0: Yeah, it's it's about adolescent an adolescent girl in America who navigates religion and her her puberty, become, going from a girl to a woman, dealing with sexuality, menstruation, just everything. It's an absolute classic because it it addressed adolescent girls in a respectful way, as a peer. Um, anyway, uh, the movie's garnered great reviews from critics and the audience in the 90s from Rotten Tomatoes, both. But it's, it's earned only 16 million bucks at the box office and they spent 30 million dollars to make it. So they're a bit panicky. So to, uh, remedy, remedy the hemorrhaging of the money, the film company, uh, jumped into a last minute paid partnership with infamous trans activist and personality Dylan Mulvaney. Good idea. So, they had Judy Bloom sit down with Mulvaney for an excruciatingly cringeworthy four and a half minute TikTok interview. Fantastic in which statistic idea. <laughs> discuss the book, the film and feminine centered themes therein. At one point, the discussion of breast growth comes up and Mulvaney comments that he, a biological male, is still waiting for his breasts to go- grow. No laughter or indication it was a joke. Maybe he's referencing hormone replacement that's not working, uh, or if he really believes he's a 26-year-old woman capable of growing breast tissue. Both scenarios reek of delusions of grandeur. And the idea that this beloved piece of literature about girls coming of age the interview the person who should talk to judy bloom about it is a freaking dude a female impersonator who does this bizarre act how insulting is that to women and womanhood and and the actual stress and challenge of of adolescence and puberty and becoming a woman and women's experiences in the world they decide to feature a freaking female impersonator
3: to discuss these things brilliant idea Good God, that's the way you're going to get people to come out to the movie and make money. Wow. Good luck. Meanwhile, a college
0: student has been graded zero on her assignment because she used the term biological women in a viral clip, which we uh, ought to play in a bit. uh, A young college student is sharing with her followers. She's been handed a grade of zero because she used the term biological woman in her project proposal. This term is apparently not allowed anymore in some classrooms. The professor even said it was a good project proposal, the student said. Uh, She shared a screenshot of the grade from the professor, which had a message. Olivia, this is a solid proposal. However, the terms biological women are exclusionary and are not allowed in this course as they reinforce heteronormativity. What age is this? College. And finally, a California parent is speaking out after her Female runner lost to a biological male in Saturday's California Intercolastic Federation rate Interscholastic Federation race. Athena Ryan, a transgender female, finished second overall in the state in the Varsity Girls 1600-meter run finals on Saturday in the Section Meet of Champions and the girl who finished behind
3: that person's parents are pissed off. Yeah, oh but can you imagine I'm from small states with little populations. You win the state championship in California. Holy crap, that's a big deal. One of the parents who
0: lost Ryan, name being withheld, blasted the competition for allowing a biological male to compete against the girls. Quote, I'm absolutely opposed to it. There's no way this should be allowed. Ryan was like in fifth place with 100 yards to go, and all of a sudden he blew past the girls. How do you not understand that that's unfair? I 100% empathize with the need to belong and the desire to compete. However, you have to understand how hard these girls work to do this. You're cheating the sport. It's like the
3: narcissism of this whole thing. Wow. Your chance to be California state champion taken away by this weird political thing we're in right now. Right. She was pushed from second to third. The person who was pushed
0: from third to fourth probably doesn't even get a medal or whatever. Right. That is how how many female to male transgender people do you see competing in elite male sports? None. Why do you think that is? Think about it.